Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Righteousness, biblical righteousness, what is it? Grace reigns through righteousness. It affects grace. Grace is predicated upon the righteousness, which is the knowledge of God by faith. Notice what Paul states to the Romans. Romans 1, verse 17, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said, It's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and then to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. You see that in Habakkuk, the second chapter, verse 4. But it's faith to faith. Notice that. It's progressive. From glory to glory. Progressive. So we're saved in 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter, Paul stated there, through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. But as we focus on grace, grace is not just the unmerited favor of God. It reigns through righteousness. Now, sin reigned by death. By one man's disobedience, sin came to own death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. Now, the gospel of Christ is that Christ is first and foremost is God. We say that in 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. The Old Testament prophets searched diligently into the grace that should come unto us, searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ that was in them. That is God Almighty, who is the spirit, the self-existent eternal spirit of God. That is Christ. That's the doctrine of Christ. Christ, first and foremost, is that spirit. He is the Father. He is the Word. He is the Holy Ghost. Christ is the El Shaddai, the Almighty. Christ is that spirit. There, it also continues in 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11, that it says when that Christ that was in the Old Testament prophets, they prophesied by that spirit of that gracious should come unto us, when it signified beforehand and testified of the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should be revealed. Now, the sufferings of Christ is the same spirit, but how does it suffer? How can Christ the spirit suffer? How can Christ the spirit have blood? And that's the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. Because Christ, in the doctrine of Christ, he is that spirit that made himself a body of flesh and blood, not a second person of the Godhead, but God himself. We see that spoken of the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 43.10. Very self-explanatory. You are my witnesses, thus saith the Lord, a true witness of God and my servant whom I have chosen. Now to the natural mind, that seems that there is two. But that's not the case. We find that God said, You are my witnesses, thus saith the Lord, the self-existent eternal spirit of God, Christ, who is that spirit, and my servant whom I have chosen, that is Christ. Christ, there, the man, Christ Jesus. But Christ the man, Christ Jesus, is Christ the Spirit. 
That's the revelation and the established in the doctrine of Christ. That Christ is all and in all that is the Spirit of God. That doctrine of Christ has to be taught. It has to be received and believed in order to be saved. The devil knows that Satan himself, the old dragon, the serpent, the scorpion, the devil, comes against that doctrine of Christ as the Antichrist, something in lieu of Christ, to get us off the foundation. The foundational truth is that Jesus is that Christ. He is the Christ. He is that spirit. There's not another. But he's also that man, Christ Jesus, that was revealed, the Father revealed in a body of flesh and blood, Christ in the the form of a man. And we see that revelation given by Peter in Matthew 16. When Jesus asked the disciples, who do you say I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's one office of the Spirit, true. But that's not the only office of the Spirit. Christ is every office of the Spirit. That's the doctrine of Christ, established in the doctrine of Christ. That Christ, there is the Spirit, always has been the Spirit, and always will be the Spirit of God. But to work salvation for us, we had to have a kinsman redeemer. We had to have a man. A man that would be the perfect, spotless, blameless lamb of sacrifice, giving his sacrificial blood or atonement. There's no other way. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. Christ, there who is the Spirit of God, did not have any blood. He can't be tempted. Therefore, he looked for a man. He was amazed he could find none. All that sin had come short of the glory of God. All were conceived in sin and shaped in iniquity. None good, no, not one. Therefore, God himself stated that my own arm brought salvation unto me. Isaiah 59, 16, Isaiah 63, 5. God's going to make himself. Not a second person of the Godhead. God himself is going to take on a body of flesh and blood. And that's stated in the New Testament in Philippians 2, 5 through 8. In the prophets, it's stated again in Isaiah 43, 10. Very explicitly, where we cannot miss it, that point, that important doctrine of Christ. What is that doctrine? First of all, that Christ is God. He is that spirit. He is the Father. He is the Word. He is the Holy Ghost. You'll see that in 1 John 2.22. Who is a liar, but he denied that Jesus is the Christ. He's Antichrist that has denied the Father, both the Father and the Son. Why the Father? Because Christ is the Father. Christ is that Spirit. The problem is that Christ has not been taught in most denominal churches. Why? Because it's not considered to be important. Yet it's the foundation of the church. Christ is that foundation that Christ, uh, the Lord, stated that upon this rock I'll build my church. That was given to Peter in Matthew 16. 
When Jesus asked, Who do you say that I am? Thou art the Christ, Peter said, the Son of the living God. Simon Barjona, flesh and blood, has not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven, thou art Peter. And upon this rock I'll build my church, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, and I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Peter then tells us in his epistle that revelation of Christ. Again, 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11, that those Old Testament prophets searched diligently into the grace that should come unto us, searching what or what manner of time, the Spirit of Christ that was in them. That Spirit is God. He is the Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost. That is that eternal Spirit of God. Christ is that Spirit. That's the foundational truth in the doctrine of Christ. But to work salvation for us, then Christ would come into the world making himself a body of flesh and blood. Who is born in the city of David? Luke tells us Christ the Lord, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty is born in the city of David, taken on a body of flesh and blood. Now, Paul stated in Philippians 2, 5 through 8, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. That's the sealing that we is predicated on, the doctrine of Christ. If we take a look at Revelation 7, the last day apocalyptic sealing, the ones that are sealed, the servants of God in their forehead, the servants of God, there is the mind of Christ given to them through the seal in their foreheads. That's the final apocalyptic sealing that is essential in order to stand in the last day of the woe, 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 being the inhabitants of the earth by the reason of the other three angels yet to sound. Without that seal, it will be impossible to stand. We have to stand, therefore, in the liberty wherein Christ has made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage, but going from faith to faith. Just as Paul stated in Romans 1, verse 17, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from what? From faith to faith, and righteousness is progressive. That grace is progressive. We grow in grace, going from faith to faith. Very few realize that. They think salvation is an act, not a progression. It's no sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth, which is progressive, going from faith to faith, from glory to glory. And that's where the righteousness of God is revealed. There, grace reigns through righteousness, which will, requires us to walk in the light as he is in the light, progressive truth in the proceeding word of God. Then and only then do we have blood flow within the body of Christ, fellowship one with another. First John 1 says, Verse 7, what is that? Well, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, that is, walking in the law, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, in obedience under righteousness, as stated by Paul in Romans 6, then we have fellowship one with another. That's blood flow within the body of Christ. And then and only then does the blood of Jesus cleanse us from all sin. That's progressive truth. It is the way. It's not stagnant. 
It is dynamic, always on the move. It's the way of light, not the place of light. The way of light, which is progressive. That's the reason the righteousness of God, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. It's revealed in the revelation of Jesus Christ there in stages of growth. A newborn babe desires the sincere milk of the word they may grow thereby. That sincere milk of the word is not meat. They have to grow, grow up into Jesus and all things and all truth. That's progressive. Not a novice, less being uh, lifted up in pride, he falls into condemnation of the devil. That takes time and experience, which tribulation worketh patience. Patience worketh experience, and experience worketh hope. Hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in the heart by the Holy Ghost. That is progressive. There is wherein faith is made perfect through works in obedience unto righteousness. We find that in Romans 6. In Romans 5, it states that by one man's disobedience, sin came to the world, and death by sin. Everyone knows that. Adam sinned and brought death upon all mankind. But as it was offenses of one, so also the free gift is of one. A man lost it. Only a man can redeem us back. It has to be a perfect, spotless, blameless Lamb of God that offers himself free, willingly. And Jesus, after he completed his earthly mission in the days of his flesh, Christ, uh, that spirit that made himself a body of flesh and blood, as stated in Philippians 2, 5 through 8, that mind that was in Christ Jesus, that mind that we will have to have in that revelation of grace and through righteousness in, in Revelation 7. They seal the servants of God in their foreheads. That's the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, Philippians 2.5. Who being in the form of God, we have to have that mind. That mind is the only sealing there is. It's not just, well, you, you keep a Sabbath or a natural day on the, uh, that, uh, that Sabbath of the week. As some will propagate and say that's the truth. No, far, far greater, my friend. What is it? Well, it's obedience unto righteousness. Whosoever you yield your members of servants to obey, and you the servants to whom you obey. Obedience is required. Whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Righteousness is from faith to faith, from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. That requires us to walk in the light as he's in the light in progressive revelation. Most are fundamentalists saying, well, you're already saved. The baptism has nothing to do with the circumcision of the heart, the body, the sins of the flesh cut off by baptism. And they believe that lie and will not have access into the kingdom of heaven because they say they're Jews and are not. Well, who is a Jew? Well, we say in Smyrna, Revelation, the second chapter, and Philadelphia, Revelation, the third chapter, and those two churches that some will say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Well, what's a Jew? He's a, not, he is a Jew. That is one, not one outwardly in the circumcision of the flesh. We're not talking about a natural Jew. But he is a Jew. That is one inwardly. Circumcision of the heart in the spirit. 
whose praise is not of man, but of God, Romans 2, 28 and 29. But very few understand that. That is why that the Jesus stated there in uh, the church at Smyrna, don't say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Why? The mistaken identity. Because they're the ones that believe that uh, uh, repentance was salvation. They didn't know they had to have the spiritual circumcision of the heart and the spirit. And therefore, they are not Jews. They're not spiritual Jews. They're not, and they've never have had the body, the sins of the flesh cut off by baptism. You can see that in Romans 6, 1 through 6. You can see it in Colossians 2, 10 through 12. Colossians 2, verse 10 through 12 tells us exactly Paul stating that mystery of Christ and how we have the circumcision of the, the heart, not the flesh, but the heart. That's how you believe with the heart. There's no other way to believe with the heart. Didn't say believe with the mind. I can sit there and say Jesus is the Son of God all day long. I can say I believe that he is the Son of God, God manifest in the flesh. I can say it, but the heart has to be circumcised. And that is only done by baptism. The fool has stated that it's not necessary to be baptized, which is contradictory to the word of God. That's a synagogue of Satan. Now, Jesus stated that perfectly clear to Smyrna as well as Philadelphia. There in Revelation 2nd and the 3rd chapter. He states there very simply, some say they're Jews and are not, but the synagogue of Satan to Smyrna. And they've never had the circumcision of the heart. And the only way to get it is by baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, taking on that name. Father's not a name. It's not a triune. Then somebody said, well, it's still a triune formula in Acts 2.38, which is a total lie in a synagogue of Satan. Why? Because when Peter said, uh, answering the, the question, what must we do? Men and brethren, what must we do? Acts 2.37. Peter said, repent. Don't stop there. You had not had the circumcision of the heart. You had not believed with the heart yet. Repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, not the name Father. Father's not a name. Son's not a name. Holy Ghost, the name of the Holy Ghost is Jesus. I'll send the comfort of the Holy Ghost in my name, Jesus said. He manifests the Father's name, John 17. What's the name of the Father? Jesus. The name of the Son, Jesus. The name of the Spirit of God is Jesus. That is Jehovah's salvation. That's who he is. That is, you take on that name, baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, have taken on that their wedding garments. I mean, they've been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There in Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized. In the name of Jesus Christ, why? For the remission of your sins. Not because you've already been saved. Nonsense. That's a lie. But it's been propagated by most denominal churches throughout the world. Easy believism, which is a total lie that's propagated by Satan himself. Why? Because he wants to avert being born again of the water and the spirit. Now, water is water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. You see it in Mark 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Go ye go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. 
But most say, no, that's not right. Contradicting the word of God. They say that, go yonder the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is saved shall be baptized, but it's not essential. You're already forgiven of your sins. And it's just a show of faith. That's a total lie. That's a synagogue of Satan that's trying to destroy your soul. It's contradictory to the word of God. Is that the only scripture? No, these people that say that are unlearned in the scriptures and have no idea how you believe with the heart. Confession is made with the, house, with the mouth, but with the heart, man believeth. How do you believe with your heart? How do you believe with your spirit? It has to be circumcised. Your conscience, purged from dead works to serve the living God is in the spirit of man. How do you circumcise that? How do you cut off that body of the sins of the flesh? It's certainly not by saying, Jesus, come into my heart. No scripture of that anywhere in the word of God. That's some uh, perverted idea that was given by some man that would think, well, uh, it seems that it would be right to a natural mind, but it's not biblical at all. Matter of fact, it's against Christ. It's an anti-Christ. Well, the doctrine of Christ and establishing the doctrine of Christ is taken on Christ, and that is done in the first being born again of the water and the spirit. And let's take a look at it in the word of God. Let's see what it says. Well, he is not a Jew that is one outwardly in the circumcision of the flesh, but he is a Jew that is one inwardly circumcision of the heart in the spirit, whose praise is not a man, but of God, Romans 2, 28 and 29. How do you do that? How do you become a spiritual Jew? Well, believing with the heart, circumcision of the heart. Well, how do you get that circumcision of the heart to believe with the heart? Well, Romans 6, 1 through 6 tells you what Paul's stating and what know you not that as many as were baptized were baptized into Christ's death. Why? That the body of the sins of the flesh might be cut off. That's how you have that body of the sins of the flesh cut off is by being buried with Jesus and baptism. Colossians 2, 10 through 12 states the same exact thing. That baptism is essential for salvation. And the denominal church world says, no, it's not. Well, it's anti-biblical. It's anti-Christ. It's a synagogue of Satan saying they're Jews and are not. And the Lord said he will destroy them. There in Colossians 2, 10 through 12, it says you're completing him and have need of nothing else in whom you're circumcised uh, with a circumcision made without hands and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh. How? Colossians 2, 12, by baptism, through faith. Somebody said, I didn't know it was faith. Yes, it's through faith in the operation of God when he raised him from the dead. How do you get into that resurrection? How, do you, how are you raised to a new life, to a new creature in Christ Jesus? Well, you repent and you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, the spiritual circumcision of the heart by baptism, buried with him in baptism, raised in the newness of life as a new creature. What happens when you go down in that watery grave, being baptized with Christ there by baptism? the spiritual circumcision of the heart, the body, the sins of the flesh in your human spirit is cut off. Circumcised means to cut off by 
baptism, through faith in the operation of God. Uh, the, the Lord God Almighty takes a spiritual scaffold and cuts off the foreskin uh, of your heart in your spirit and cuts off that body in the sins of the flesh, destroyed, buried in the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered again by baptism. But that lie has been propagated as an antichrist and saying they're Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan because they're coming against baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. Take a look at the scriptures. Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? For the remission of your sins. There's no other way to have your sins remitted. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's born of the water and the Spirit. The promises unto you, your children, and many as far off, even to as many as the Lord our God shall call, it's still in effect today. Acts 4.12, there's no other name given among men under, under heaven, whereby we must be saved, the blood name of God Almighty, the redemptive name. The revealed name is Jesus. You see that in Acts 8.16, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. No one was ever baptized, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, because that's not the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. The Father is the, in the eternal Spirit of God, the Father, the creation, the creator of all creation. The Son is a redemptive office of that same Spirit. The Son of God's the Father revealed. The Holy Ghost is the power office of that same Spirit. It's one Spirit there, not two, not three, but one. Therefore, we have bought a Trinity doctrine of a triune stating uh, that even in Acts 2, 38, that it's a triune, which is a straight devil. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. That's God Almighty, the Father of glory revealed for the remission of your sins. And that body, the sins of the flesh, is cut off by baptism. And you shall receive the gifts of the Holy Ghost. That's the Spirit of God. Jesus Christ is that Spirit. The Lord is that spirit. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory, Jesus in you. There's none other. There's only one spirit there. The true believers, uh, the true witnesses of God believe that. There's only one spirit. Jesus is that spirit. He was manifest in the days of his flesh. God manifest in the flesh, 1 Timothy 3.16, but he went back to his former glory as a quickening spirit, 1 Corinthians uh, 1545, the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Who is the mediator of that new covenant? By means of death. He died on the cross. He made intercession for the transgressions. There, Jesus now is the intercessor. Who is that? He's that spirit. That all the house of Israel know is surely that same Jesus whom you crucified, that man. God hath made him both Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, and Christ the Holy Ghost. Acts 2.36. Matthew 28.18, Jesus comes out of the tomb and says, All power in heaven and earth is given unto me. That did not leave the Father powerless. He is the Father revealed. Jesus states that again in John 16, what righteousness is, and that righteousness of God has appeared unto all men from faith to faith. It's a progressive glorification of the body of Christ, uh, going up into Jesus in all things and all truth. Therefore, we may be presented blameless at the coming of the Lord, both spirit, soul, and body. Anyone that's not in that divine nature of God and holiness will not see the Lord. 
Follow peace with all men, uh, without which no man, and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. How do we get the holiness? How do we get the divine nature of God for we're partakers of it? Be ye holy, for I am holy. Jesus stated that in the Constitution of the Kingdom of Heaven in Matthew 5, that be ye holy, even as your Father in Heaven is holy. How do you get that holy nature? Through these exceedingly great and precious promises given to us, whereby we are made partakers of his divine nature. That's through obedience. We see that in Romans 6. Whosoever you yield your members and servants to obey, him are you the servants to whom you obey, whether sent unto death, that's a carnal mind. You have the Holy Ghost, but you don't, you don't obey it. Or of obedience unto righteousness, which yields the peaceful fruits of holiness. Obedience is required. But before they even get to the waters of baptism, you have the naysayers, the synagogues of Satan, telling you that baptism is not essential for salvation, which is a total lie. They're synagogues of Satan, stated by Jesus himself in the church at Smyrna, as well as Philadelphia, Revelation 2nd and Revelation 3rd chapter. And this, we're just talking about getting in the body of Christ, not even beginning to run the race until we get born again. And they avert that, the devil coming against the true word of God. Then Acts 2, 36, 4, 12, Acts 8, 16, that's Acts 10, the house of Cornelius, baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, uh, Water baptism, you'll see there, can any man forbid water that these shall not be baptized who receive the Holy Ghost as well as we? As Peter stated, uh, Acts 19, Paul coming up on a bunch of fundamentals that had uh, repented, but had never had the circumcision of the heart. Paul asked him there in Acts 19, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? You can't be saved without the Holy Ghost, Christ in you, the hope of glory. If any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. And if the spirit that dwelled in Jesus also dwells in you, it shall also quicken or make alive your mortal body. That's the only life-giving force there is, the quickening spirit. Jesus is that spirit. He is that intercessor. No man knows how he ought to pray. But the spirit itself maketh intercession for us according to the will of God with groanings that cannot be uttered. Romans 8, 23 through 26. But we are told by these naysayers that want to take your soul to hell that this is not essential. You just believe on Jesus and you just ask for Jesus to come in your heart and you're saved, which is a complete grotesque lie. Why? Because they're after your soul. Not only do they want to go in, but they want to stop. They don't go in, but they want to stop you from going in to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ and being born again and running the race, and there's only one way to get in, born of the water and the spirit. You'll take a look there. The fundamentalist there in Acts the 19th chapter, Paul comes up come upon these believers and said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? He said, sir, we don't know whether there be any Holy Ghost. Don't know what you're talking about. Well, Apollos, the silver tongue orator of Alexandria, had been through there and preached the doctrine of repentance, the water, under repentance, speaking of John's baptism, John the Baptist. Well, that was the present truth before the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, but it's certainly not the present truth. Well, 
Paul, then, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? They said, certainly, we don't know whether there be any Holy Ghost. There, if it's not essential for, for salvation and baptism, why did Paul ask? Under then, what were you baptized? Well, they said, unto John's baptism, John the Baptist. Well, there, Paul's going to bring him into the present truth, the preceding word of God, whereby they can be saved. And he states, that John truly baptized with water unto repentance, saying that they should look on him that would come after him. Then he preached Jesus Christ, not John. He preached Jesus Christ. Then they heard this. They were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, Paul laid hands on them, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost, spake with tongues and prophesied, born of the water and the Spirit. So anyone that tells you, that baptism is not essential for salvation, is after your soul to destroy you. Do not listen to that. Read the Word of God, seek it out for yourself, and all through the Word of God in the book of Acts there, it states very simply, in the Pentecostal reign of the Holy Ghost and the church age, there's only one way in the plan of salvation to be saved. Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. That's the only way to have your sins remitted. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's born of the Spirit. Now you're born of the water and the Spirit. And the promise is unto you, your children, to as many as are far off, even to as many as the Lord our God shall call. There, the scripture is very plain. Paul, who had seen the Lord on the Damascus road, saw the great light, said, who art thou, Lord? He said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It's hard, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. And then he's blinded, but he's told that what he will be an example of long-suffering for the Lord Jesus Christ, how much great things he must suffer for the kingdom of God. Now, here's a man that was against the church, persecuting it, and had letters in his pocket there to come against the church. There he has seen the Lord, number one. Number two, he's had the revelation of the name Jesus, Jehovah's salvation. Number three, he's called and knows what his calling is. And number four, he's healed of his blindness. In Acts 22, Ananias goes down there and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And he is healed that very same hour. Now notice, after all of that, his sins still remained. Then Ananias says, Brother Saul, why tarryest thou? Arise and be baptized, washing away your sins. See what baptism does? Arise and be baptized, Saul, washing away your sins, calling upon the name of the Lord. There is no other way. Peter stated also in his epistle, 1 Peter 3, then the lays on the long suffering. Uh, of God in the days of Noah, wherein eight souls were saved by water. Somebody said, so what? So what? The like figure, baptism doth also now save us. And they'll tell you salvation is not in baptism. They're liars. They're after your soul to destroy you. They're synagogues of Satan. Is that what you want to touch your eternal soul to some idiot that has not read the word of God and takes a presumption from some 
the nominal church world that's never read the word of God and just take it on the precipice that it's the truth. No, you want to take the word of God. Read it for yourself because it's your soul. And we're talking eternity. Eight souls were saved by water of the like figure, which baptism doth also now presently save us. Not to putting away the filth of the flesh, but an answer of a good conscience toward God. That conscience is in the spirit. How did you get that human spirit to believe with your heart? It was circumcised by baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. If you have questions, there we have a very basic outline of baptism and how essential it is for salvation to be a Jew. A spiritual Jew has the circumcision of the heart in the spirit only done and received by baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. If you will email me at sealinggodspeople at dennisbeard.org, I will send you that link to it there for your scrutiny, for your observation to see the scriptures on it, very simply stating in the word of God, there's no other way to be born again. There's no other way to have your sins remitted. Now, there's lies out there propagated everywhere that baptism has nothing to do with salvation. You just believe on Jesus and you're saved. Believe means to trust and adhere to and obey the word of God. That to believe in the Lord Jesus is a Greek word, pisteo. It's not transitive. It is stative. That means it's a state of being and obedience under righteousness and holiness. We have to obey the scriptures. No one was ever baptized, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and the whole word of God. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. Now, that starts you in the race. But then you go from faith to faith, which is righteousness, which is how grace reigns through righteousness, as it is now revealed from faith to faith. It's revealed from faith to faith. Without that going on from newborn babies to little children, knowing that he is the father, then to young men, the word word of God is strong in you, and you've overcome the wicked one, then to fathers, where you're full grown in the Lord Jesus Christ, then we will not have access to the kingdom of heaven. God's doing it now. If you have questions, please simply let us know. My email is sealinggodspeople at dennisbeard.org and love to hear from you. If this is more witness with your spirit and you'd like to work together in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, the work of the ministry that God is preparing us for now, then simply contact me, state that, and I will be back with you to meet you, and so we'll work together in the Lord Jesus in the work of the ministry. God's doing it now, putting his body together there, placing it fitly, framing it together, and then compacting it, sealing it for the last day work of the ministry. There we're praying now for each one of us. God perfecting that which is lacking in each one of us, that we may all be presented blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the second advent when he comes a second time, without sin and the salvation for the salvation of his saints, those that are sanctified holy in both spirit, soul, and body. We love to hear from you now. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.